You can still look great, you can be healthy, you can feel amazing, and you can do it on, on a healthy way. I think at that point I just wanted to look a certain way and everything around me was telling me that I had to do that, that I had to be on a diet. Everyone that I was hanging out with, you know, family, friends, anyone would be on the same path. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Veg Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Davey. I'll be sharing conversations that I've had with people who are helping us to live healthier and more compassionate lives through our food choices and daily actions. We'll be hearing from people who are changing the game in their respected fields, whether it be business, sport, food, social media, writing, tech, activism, politics, and more. Now, please allow me to introduce my next guest. Hello, my veggie mates. On this week's episode, we sit down with my incredible partner in crime, Ana Alarcon. She shares her life story with us, and we discuss the important topics of female body image and eating disorders. Later in the episode, we hear about some of Anna's most difficult struggles. Life has not been easy for her in the past few years, and these stories are ones she rarely shares. This conversation is one very close to my heart, and I hope you all enjoy it. And we're on. All right, everyone. We're live. The, the, the podcast this morning has already been hijacked um, by my favorite human. Oh, hello. I've got Anna Alarcon. Yay, you said How was it the right. pronunciation? It was good. I'm I, surprised. I was scared I was going <laughs> to butcher the hell out of it, to oh. be honest. Um, but no, stoked to have you on. So, we have a little bit of a interesting situation going on at the moment. So, it's, it's what, seven in the morning? On a Friday. 7.14 Seven. to be exact. Now, I, everyone at home, I had to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. Which is I, like normal for me. Normal for Anna. She's in a very good routine at the moment. Um, but I've decided to go and help someone out. We look after their dog when, when they go away. And this one was a little bit last minute. And Anna made the executive decision to not come with me because... It ruins her routine. So she decided to stay back at our house. Um, and I've I've gone off and, you know, started looking after the dog. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that involved getting up super, super early and riding back home to, to come <laughs> and do a podcast this morning. So that's our situation for the next week. But Anna's sticking to her gun. She's in a really good routine at the moment. Yeah. Getting up. What time are you getting up? Um, between like 5 and 5.15 every day. Today was like more like 5.30 because I didn't have to go to the gym so early. Or I didn't want to go to the gym so early. But normally like 5, 5.10. Yeah. I love it though. What spurred you to do that? Because um, this is fairly recent, right? Yeah, yeah. But I've realized through the years that I am a morning human. So I... I'm pretty awake at this time of the day, although I do have a coffee now, but I am pretty awake in the morning and I just do better at anything when it's like the sun is rising and I want to take advantage of the summer here in Boston because it gets super bad in the winter and I don't know, I just, my body started to wake up with, um, with the sun and I just wanted to do it. I don't know. I felt like if I was waking up at 7 or 8 in the morning, my day was pretty much gone. And it was already pretty hot by then. And I was just 
I was just feeling slow. So I just made the decision to start waking up early and I found it super easy. I did it when I was younger to like to go to school. So I guess like the habit is still there. And I was doing it when I had a nine to five job too. Um, so I think the decision was still there. So or like the habit was still there. So I just decided to do it and it's been great. It's been like over, I don't know how long now, like whole summer at least, spring a little bit. It feels so like, like you've been doing it for, yeah, for a while. For a couple of months Yeah. Now. I mean, I've got to bed at like 9 p.m. <laughs> grandma status. Hashtag, hashtag grandma status. That's the key though, isn't it? <laughs> like you're getting, you're getting quality sleep. Yeah. And that's allowing you yeah. to wake up at the time you want to wake yeah. up. It's not like you're grinding it out until one in no. the morning and oh, then waking no. up at five in the morning. No. no. And I need my, my sleep. If I don't have at least seven hours every night, I just don't. I just don't perform in any way. Like I'm moody every day and I just, I can't do it. So I need to sleep and I need to have quality sleep. So that means that I need to have like at least half an hour to start winding down and then sleep and like get up and just feel fresh. I just, I cannot do five or six hours of sleep and it's not healthy either. So I, it's a priority for me, sleep, eating good and working out. So I make that a priority. Obviously I don't, we don't have kids (laughs) and we don't have like, you know, very demanding, although it is demanding. But well, I think the playbook goes yeah. out the window once you've got children. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you for can, now. <laughs> you can plan for everything, but yeah. <laughs> they'll find a way it's to, like, yeah, screw it up. to make sure yeah. that yeah, goes That's out the window. That's what my parents say, at least. But for now, I'm taking advantage of the fact, the fact that we don't have kids and I can do whatever I want and actually stick to my priorities and my habits and my routine. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's Anna's morning routine. Mm-hmm. But um, let's let's go let's go way back, you know. Um, let's let's find out a little bit more about you. That's why I brought you on the pod, so <laughs> we can we can start to you know understand a little bit more about Anna. So where did you grow up, and you know what what was your childhood like? Um, I grew up in Mexico. Um, I was born in America, but my parents went back home. My parents are Mexicans after like literally, I don't know, six, eight months or even a year um, after we were born. And I'm talking to my brother. I'm a, I'm a tween. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we grew up in Mexico. My parents are from a small town called Xochitepec, which is in Morelos. Uh, Morelos is, if you have no idea where Mexico is, um, Mexico City is in the middle of our country, which is our capital, and Morelos is a state underneath that. It's pretty well known for amazing weather, and we definitely were very spoiled in having crisp, cold mornings and hot days, and then crisp, like, nights, and it was just perfect. Um, But yeah, we grew up there. My parents are from this small town, but we went to school in the city the whole time. Uh, my parents are very, you know, middle class, hard worker humans and wanted us to have a better life, I guess, than everyone else or at least they had. So we went to private schools in the cities. Um, we didn't really do much in our, our little town, but we loved that. Um, it's very it's very Mexican. It's very small. It's, everyone's really nice, really good food. Um, so we grew up definitely being foodies. Um, our childhood was very normal, I guess, for us. I don't know, like. We go to school, my mom would pick us up and come and have lunch with us at home and then we'll stay at home, my mom will go back to work. My dad will be at work all day. Um, and then we'll have someone who will take care of us at our house. We always had someone to help us with like food and like 
I don't know, homework and clothing or whatever. Um, and we'll stay there and then she will take us to like, you know, Taekwondo or like acting classes or dancing or whatever we're doing that year. Um, so yeah, it was like pretty normal. We were not like very outgoing kids. We were very shy. And I think it's because we like, we were together all the time and we lived kind of like, I don't know, far away. That's what people said because it was like a half an hour drive from the city and all my friends lived in the city. So yeah, we kind of live far away, but it's not really. So um, what, you just come home after school and, yeah. and hang out together? Yeah, hang out together and yeah, it was, you know, watch TV, eat the snack, do our homework, go to like our classes or whatever and then come back, have dinner finish homework and go to bed and repeat the next day. So what kind of, I suppose, what what did the dinner look like? What did everything oh my God, yeah. the, with the food, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's really funny. So Being from Mexico, guys, so I've traveled with Anna to, yeah. to Mexico a few times. Mm. And my first experience, at least, we, w- we were not vegan. No, yeah, definitely so, not. So um, <laughs> I'll let her explain, but it was definitely an eye-opener for me. Um, and at that point in my life, I wasn't sh- scared of what was put in front of yeah. me into, in, you know, on, on the plate. So yeah, what was, you know, what was your common breakfast, your common, yeah. you know, meals? And then also what were more, some more of like celebratory or, okay. um, you know, uh, traditional meals. Yeah. So I say like, between like Monday to Friday, like work or school time, it will really depend where my mom dieter like diet was. So my mom was has always been like very health conscious and well, what we used to think healthy. Um, she was always on a diet. She always wanted to like look slim. Um, you know, like how we were grown up and like you know like looking like certain people and like do certain things. Um, so it was really depending where she was, but it could range from a green smoothie literally like pineapple celery spinach and i thought it was gross when i was younger and i love them but it could be that or it could have been a boiled egg with a little bit of salt in it and like toast um or it could be maybe my mom going like crazy which i used to love this a toast with butter and sugar in it is so good um or it could have been like fruits or like whatever it's like really small breakfast because class will start at like eight or seven in the morning depending like how old we were and then for lunch my mom would just like give us money so i will buy i don't know chilaquiles which is like tortillas with green sauce and cheese and sour cream on top and maybe some lettuce and tomato and i will always i remember this in middle school i'll have a bag of chips every day (laughs) every single day it was like my thing and my friends thing and we used to have this little um juice kind of thing which is obviously like full of sugars now that i think about it but it was delicious and i used to have my chips my torta which is like a sandwich or chilaquiles and the juice um that was like regulation like middle school i don't have a lot of recollection of like younger than 10 or like 11 what it was like our lunch is like maybe like a sandwich like a ham cheese sandwich with like lettuce and to have some veggies in it and then for dinner honestly it will be like cereal it is such a mexican thing having cereal for dinner and we'll be like sugary cereals or if my mom was on a diet we'll have like you know like those cornflakes that have like no sugar in it and that like supposed to like make you skinny like special k i think that was the name of it i don't know 
And then for lunch, like, again, whatever my mom was in her thing, it could be, like, a piece of meat with, like, salad, which is Mexican salads are typically lettuce and tomato and onion, and maybe some, like, beans. But if we were, like, going crazy and, like, um, nutty, which she takes out of us, she will make, like, something more fancy. It could be, like, I don't know, like, meat with, like, a sauce on it, which is, like, very Mexican, too, and, like, rice and beans. Always tortillas at home or, like, We'll have like quesadillas for dinner as well. Anything that was like fast and just like really easy to make. Um, that was like Monday to Friday. And I think from what can I remember, weekends were more like do whatever you want. We have time to do stuff. It's yeah. the weekend. Yeah, it's the weekend. So we'll have like pancakes and like really massive quesadillas. And my dad would make with like, we have like this meat called cecina, which is like really thin steak. Um, and they put like spices on it and that's like, um, I don't know, like a spicy cecina and my dad would love to put that on quesadillas. So we'll have that and like really fancy quesadillas at home or we go out and like go for pozole, which is a corn soup and you can make it vegan. It's really good. Um, so that was like more on the weekend or we go to like my grandma's house and she'll make like mole or like really, what, uh, mole. for those at home, what, what's mole? Um, it is a sauce made of chocolate and some spicy things. And when we're talking chocolate, we're not talking we're like, not talking no, Cadbury no. <laughs> milk chocolate. <laughs> no, more like cacao chocolate, like on a um, like I don't know, it's not sweet for sure. It's like raw cacao. Like raw cacao, yeah. Um, and it's normally mixed with chicken or pork. Um, it is delicious, actually. The sauce is really good. So that will be more like on the weekend stuff, very oily. So our food is very oily, very heavy pork and sauces, a lot of tortillas, a lot of um, beans and rice. So that was like more like the weekend. Let's go like, let's, let's go, go crazy. Town. Yeah. <laughs> so if we can summarize that, you, you were kind of like on your mom's yo-yo diet. Oh, 100%. And like, I, I mean, I don't blame her. We all, no, no. Like we all have been like that. And like my whole life, I wanted to look skinny and like my whole life I ate around how I looked and I still remember being like I don't know 14 years old and being really skinny my legs were super skinny and I used to remember said like from head to my tummy I'm perfect I love it and then I'll be like oh but my legs can they be a little thicker like there were sticks and like in my head they looked like sticks and maybe they weren't um so I always wanted to look certain way and I remember being you know, in middle school and going to Taekwondo and doing extra things after for my abs and like grabbing through like our bed or my mom's bed, like in the, on the floor. And like my brother helped me doing leg races and like pushing my legs down to like see how strong I was and me being happy that I didn't have rolls. And I was like 14 years old. Um, so yeah, I was definitely always in like this yo-yo diet. You need to look certain thing. And I think the older I got, the more I, it, it got worse in a way, yeah. So the interesting thing there is that the eating was to look a certain way, not mm -hmm. to feel a certain oh. way. Mm -hmm. It was all about the external. A hundred percent, all the time. Like I knew if I ate salads, I was going to lose weight. And I knew if I had pizza, it was not good for me. And I knew if I drank alcohol in high school, I had to drink vodka and water or to like you no know, have calories in it and I think and I wasn't like as bad as other friends that's what I thought because I was skinny and like I, I had like a very fast metabolism and I was working out so like and my frame is like smaller so 
hashtag I'm lucky, but not really because everyone's like, you know, their struggles are different. But yeah, I remember. I, it was so crazy just to think back and like the things I did and like what I ate and what I wore just to like lure like look certain way. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can, I can kind of understand that. I was, yeah. <laughs> you know, skinny kid growing up as well. Eat whatever I want, and it didn't. Well, it didn't really seem to affect, you know, the way I I did look. I was yeah. always like thin and i think that led me to have some of the same kind of thoughts yeah not linking food with the way we feel mm -hmm. it was all about like oh if i look this certain way then i'll eat i'll just continue <laughs> eating the way that i'm eating yeah. so it definitely <laughs> didn't click um okay that's you know that's a really good kind of snapshot of mm -hmm. of a little bit of your life in 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 mexico growing up mm. um as you so we were Getting to the point where you said these thoughts continued and, you know, almost got exacerbated as you yeah, yeah. as you got older. So, what happened there? So, in high school, I, I think when everything started going on the wrong path, um, it was definitely high school um, and college, like beginning of college. Um, I was just always on a diet, like I couldn't like... I don't know. I I was like pretty much anorexic without like being. No one told me I was, but like I'm a smart human being. I I I I knew it, and I remember like we got like our first computer. My dad had a computer in our house, and I had like those AOL messengers, and I would be on the internet googling ways to not eat or like how can you trick your parents like they don't know that you're not eating and like. And it was so crazy to think that there there was forums for anorexics and bulimics trying to support each other to keep doing it. And they'll call themselves Anna and I can't remember, but Anna was being anorexic. So like no eating and I can't remember bulimia, but I remember like doing the things I will say, like pretend that you are like putting things away and like, I don't know, after you eat, go to the bathroom and pretend to have a shower and vomit. And like I did it like a few times and I was like, what the heck am I doing? But it was easier not eating that like throwing up for me so like I was like really easy like person to like pursue I guess in that point and it was so scary and I couldn't stick to it because I was like I like food I can't do this anymore but and again it was just you just wanted to look a certain yeah, way so bad yeah yeah because I really wanted to look like people in magazines and like I wanted to have a flat stomach and I remember asking my mom does women actually have a stomach like that when they like lay down on this side or it's like why I don't look like that. I mean, I had like no muscle mass at all. Like it was all fat on top of me. It was, it was so scary to think back and like knowing that I did those things. And I don't think my parents know about that. I never like have really spoke to many people about it, but it was that. And like certainly stood there until college because when I was in college, I stopped being a cheerleader because I was a cheerleader my whole high school and you know I was working out every day two hours and a half and then on the weekends for competition so I had to be active because I was part of the team so I was like staying slim because part of that um because I, I mean I was eating like lettuce and nothing else in <laughs> my last year of high school I went to I came to America for a summer and I gained a lot of weight I was literally sitting on a couch all day eating ice cream and like cookies and obviously I was gonna like gain weight so when I came back I was like I knew if I if I 
in cheerleading for like a couple of weeks, I'm going to like lose weight. And I think if I eat this way, I'm going to do it. So obviously it happened, right? Like I was very strict to it. My parents were not at home and I was at school all day, like pretty much all day. And I would get home to eat cereal. So they were like, oh, she's having cereal. Like that's normal. How long, how long were you like in these forums and? Oh, for like hours. No, no, like in total. So like how long did this last? Oh, no, a couple of months, probably not long. Okay. But like it just stays behind like in your head, in the back of your head the whole time. So like mm-hmm. I knew for all those things, I didn't have to be in the forum, but I knew them already. So like. I knew what to do to like do certain things. Like I didn't have to ask anyone else and I didn't have to tell anyone else either way. Um, so so like, how, how long then were you, you know, mm, continuing that behavior? I don't know. I feel like on and off for like years, like at least mm-hmm. three or four years, like my whole, like pretty In much high school. high school and college. Um, my first year of college, I did gain weight because I was not working out. I was not doing anything. And my hours in school were crazy, like morning classes, night classes. So I had to be out all day. It was very stressful. Then I remember joining a gym and or our gym at college. And I had someone uh, training me, which it was pretty cool to see like weightlifting. And I feel like that's kind of like introduction for me. And I loved it. Um, but I do remember going home and having just a big salad of lettuce and <laughs> nothing else like tomato, maybe or cucumber. And thinking, why I'm not losing weight. <laughs> so, knowing what you know now, is there anything you would tell yourself, you know, your, your 18-year-old self? Because a lot of time has passed since then. So, we're talking over 10 years. So, you know, the landscape of information that is available and technology has drastically changed. Um, and you know, for the better, for the worse, you know, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's also a lot of really terrible stuff available, but you know, what would you tell your 18 year old self? Such a good question. It's such a hard question, I guess. Um, I don't know. Honestly, like when you're in that moment, it doesn't matter what people tell you, you're still going to do the things that you do. But what I will tell myself is that you can do the things you want to do, you can still look great, you can be healthy, you can feel amazing, and you can do it on on a healthy way. I think at that point, I just wanted to look a certain way, and everything around me was telling me that I had to do that, that I had to be on a diet. Everyone that I was hanging out with, you know, family, friends, anyone would be on the same path, either working out way too much or eating certain weight, and everyone it was doing it to look, to have this look. And what whether, was the look? You know, just skinny and flat stomach and skinny legs or whatever it was they wanted to do. We all wanted to just be skinny. And like that was like our mentality. So I'll say one thing would be I would tell myself, you can still look great, but do it in a healthy way. And I will surround myself with people that are doing that either online or in person, find at least one person that could give me an example that I could still look amazing, but how it was in a, on a healthier, more sustainable way. And I think that was the key word. Like I wanted to look a certain way, but it was extreme. I could not find someone, something that was sustainable, that I could have energy, that I could still go out and have fun. It was more like 
I either do this or not. There was nothing in the middle ground. So I'll definitely tell myself you can do it. You can still look how you want. You can do it healthy and surround yourself with people that not only care for you, but they want you to to, to do it more sustainable and also look up to people that are doing like, like doing it that way. Yeah. So what about, I mean, this is also, this could be a really tough question actually, but what about the people that you had, a, again, we're looking back, but the people that were already existing around you, you know, going, looking back, would you try and separate yourself from them or would you try and educate them um, mm. on the positives as well? Because, you know, as you said, you are who you are around. If you're still hanging out with the people that got you into this mentality in the first place or you share the same mentality, mm. not, you know, they didn't, they weren't the sole reason that you were thinking that way. Yeah, how, how do you think you would address that? I think I will try to educate myself first um, and do it myself first. And I, I guess you know this, but I people didn't know this. I like to just lead by example. I, I don't really like to put things on people and tell them what to do because I don't like when people do that to me. So I just don't do it to other people or I try not to. Um, I think at that point I would like to just educate myself and try different things until I find something that works. And I feel... I think I just by doing it, people will like see that I was doing it. And I think that has happened in the past few years. And I think that happened also at that time when I will eat like, you know, salads for lunch. And instead of like having chips, my friends will be like, oh, my gosh, she always eats healthy. All right. Can we have this instead, too? You know, like, can we have a salad, too? Because we know she's doing it and like it works for her. Like and I was definitely influencing people without wanting to be doing it and they will definitely influence in me as well on the other way around but i think i will definitely educate myself first try it my first uh try myself first and doing it and and then just like showing it that what i was doing it's possible yeah yeah 100 percent. nice so you've you've developed a bit of a a travel bug mm. i suppose so <laughs> yes do you think that started when you were younger i think you mentioned that you went to you went to do an exchange yeah i think yeah i think that's that is since like i was young so i i was born in america so like since a young age i traveled back home and my parents were big on week um like they were big on like summer travel so like every summer we'll go somewhere different or like we'll stay for one or two weeks at the beach and we will drive there so i have vivid memories of having a really small car with my parents and my brother and i on the back seat, like he was always in, like bigger than me. Like we'd be like barely like feeding, and we would drive four to five hours to stop by and stay there for like a week and a half or two weeks with our family as well. So like my grandma would come, my uncle would come, and we'd be like you know seven or eight people in the same hotel. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was hilarious, um, but it was really really good. And we'll do the same in like this like excursion. So like we'll go to like a bus with like another thirty people to Veracruz and. And a lot of my friends will came from, you know, the same town. And it was so much fun. So, like, I feel like that started pretty young for us. And we, we will come to America a lot because my grandma lives here. My aunts live here. My, my uncle lives here. So every winter we'll come for Christmas and New Year's Eve. And I remember being in New York for New Year's Eve, which was really fun. Um, so I feel like I started pretty young and a pretty young age. And when I was in high school, we had a lot of international students coming through high school every year. Um, kids from Canada, kids from America. And then we had, um, they would just come for like a couple weeks or like three weeks, month tops. But then we'll have 
couple or a few of them that will come for the whole year. So I have friends from New Zealand that I met in high school, which was pretty cool. So I was always interested on going overseas and going abroad. So definitely that started pretty young. So in high school, I came to America to be with my family. And then I went to Florida as an exchange program as well. Lived with a very American family and I love them. We're still in contact. We're in Florida. Um, Wakula, which is a small town next to Tallahassee. <laughs> so small. So, so you had a real, real Southern yeah, experience? Yeah, oh my gosh, such a Southern American experience. Like exactly what I expected, exactly how movies tell you it is. Um, it was so much fun. So that was in high school and I loved it. And when I went to college, I knew I was going to go away. Like I, I just, I knew it and I told my mom I'm going away. And I remember my first six months in uni, I was already looking into exchange programs and my cancer was like you need to be in uni at least for a year chill <laughs> and i was like no i want to go i want to leave um and my plans before going to college it was um going to canada for college so i applied to tons of canadian universities i got accepted which was pretty fun um but they were way too expensive at that moment for my family and in mexico works different than america so if you listen from america or australia we don't get uh, loans so we don't apply for loans um if you don't have the money to pay college you go to you pay public. everything up front yeah you pay everything up front if you don't have money you go to public college and public universities in mexico are not known for being the best ones except a couple of ones that i can say they're amazing but the one in um, in my state it was not known for being really good and i feel like when I went to university, it was just started to be a thing to go away from your state to go to college. So a lot of my friends stayed in our state and we have like good-ish, I'll say, three or, three or four universities. So all private and you have to pay up front. So at that point, my parents didn't have the money to send me to Canada, to live there, to like do all the work. So I stayed in a smaller university in my town or in my city. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. But you did manage... To go away. To go yes. away. Oh my god. So yes. what year did that so you said what did you study? Marketing. So you were off to do marketing. Mm-hmm. Um why did you choose to do marketing? Oh yeah. So um that's funny. When I was in high school, one of my brother's friend, uh, that you know, Andrea and Lisa, uh her mom Lisa was to me super well, she is super successful and like one of the coolest mom I've ever met. Um and I remember thinking how can I be like her? What can I do to be like her? And I remember asking her, and I don't know if she remembers that, and if she's listening to this, um, this is the reason why I did marketing in school, is um, I asked her, like, what do I need to study to be like you? Like, what do I need to do to be like you? And she said, do marketing. And I was like, I don't really don't know what it is, but I want to do marketing. It sounds pretty fun. It sounds like people that do the commercials in TV and, like, do the newspaper things and stuff. So I decided to apply, and... You know, got approved in a few universities for marketing and yeah, I did four years on that. I really liked it when I was doing it, I have to be honest. I loved the numbers part of it, the research part of it and the design part of it. So like the putting campaigns together and like all that stuff, the marketing research, like the consumer behavior, I thought that was pretty amazing. Um, so I, didn't, I wanted to do that. I wanted to do nutrition when I was in school. Then now that I think back, I wish I had done nutrition. But I didn't do nutrition because I really hated math. And I was really bad at chemistry. <laughs> I did really bad in high school in chemistry. Or not as good as I wanted. I really 
did not understand like i could not understand anything so i knew it was a big part of nutrition so i didn't do that because i was just really scared to fail my my college and i've never felt anything at that point so i just wanted to be good at something i guess so i did marketing and i loved that yeah it was really fun that's cool that's yeah. cool and when did you get away when did you get to um, go and overseas, realize the yeah. dream of studying overseas <laughs> so on my I had planned to leave for my second year of college, so I had applied for everything, but they wanted me to do the second semester semester of my second year, and I wanted to do at least one year. So in my head, if I was going to be in Europe or somewhere else in the world, it had to be worth it. And for me, six months of uni is, wasn't really enough because reality was just four months that you're mm-hmm. in school. And I, I just I didn't want to just be four months away. Like It was just... I felt like for me, it was a waste of time. Like if I was going to be already paying, not me, but my parents were already paying for me to go away. So you were very lucky. I was, yeah, definitely fortunate and lucky that my parents helped me a lot. And their motto was like, if you're doing good at school, we give you anything you want. So I was good at school and I got a lot of things. Um, but yeah, so I applied for that and my cancer, cancer was like, you can't go more than six months if you do it on your second year. If you wait for your third year, then you can go the whole year. And I was like... Yes, we're doing that. So I, for my um, college, we had a lot of, or my university, we have a lot of um, international students. We had a lot of international students as well. And we had a few universities that had marketing for third-year students available. And I really wanted to do England because I wanted to keep working on my English, but I also love the accent and the idea of being in London. And that was like my dream. And I didn't speak French, so... France was already out of, out of the way. Parlez-vous français? Yeah, no, um, <laughs> nothing really. Can say a couple words, but obviously other countries like Germany and Denmark was like out of the way for me. I was like, there's no way I'm going to learn German. And for us to apply to a university abroad, we had to pass an exam. So you had to pass. For us to graduate university in marketing, you had to speak English fluently. Like you had to pass it. Otherwise, you cannot graduate. So I had the English already and passed the exam. But if I wanted to go to Germany or like France or any other country, I had to pass basics of that language. And there was no way I was going to learn French in like six months. (laughs) No way. So they gave me the option of Ireland. I think it was Dublin Mm -hmm. and Spain, which was Zaragoza and Santiago de Compostela, which is like on the other side of the country. And Zaragoza was in between Barcelona and Madrid. So in my college head, like, you know, 20 year old head, I was like, Zaragoza will be. So Spain will be, I can, you know, speak Spanish is four hours away from like big cities, centric kind of way from Europe. So it will be really easy to go to France and Portugal and Cross to Italy, so my plan was go and travel pretty much. Um, so I left on my third year of college. I had to leave earlier because they start school. Or, no, I had to leave later, later than everyone else because they start school until September, and we start school in August. So I had like four months of summer, which was pretty fun. And then I left to Spain for one whole year. Yeah. Cool. So at that point, you're about what twenty one, twenty, twenty. Yeah, I just turned twenty when I when I went there. So this is the first time you're living, you're experiencing living on your own and stuff? Yes. (laughs) So living on your own, I mean, I I did a similar thing. So I I do know what it's like. What, and I do know what it's like not having a whole bunch of skills that are, that transfer (laughs) well 
to living on your own. Oh my god! So, what was this? You know, uh, this experience like for you? Mm. You know, not having, you know, your your beautiful maid around, Nati, oh. who is a big help I love uh, around your uh, around your house at home. Yeah, um, having your mum around. Oh my god! Uh, what what was it like? What was your what what did your eating and lifestyle become? <laughs> Just to paint the picture. I mean, we're, talk, we're talking a, <laughs> yeah. a 20, 20 no, year no, old I college know, kid in Spain, yeah. so I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to paint the picture, I lived at home for university. So yes, as Matt said, I had we still had someone that will do our laundry, our food. Cleaning. Very common in. It's very common? common in Mexico. It's very common. And she's like a part of your family. Yeah, she's like part of our family now. So. Yeah, so we had someone to help us out for all these things. So just to paint the picture, and I said it before, my mom will say, as long as you are good at school, you don't have to do anything else. So you don't have to work. You don't have to like worry about anything. So that's what I did, literally. I will go to school. I will do what I had to do. I'll have good grades. And then, you know, I can go and party and do stuff because I was good at school. I didn't have to do anything else. So I did have some like uh, like jobs with my family's business sometimes, like on the summer, like on the weekends just to earn a little bit of cash. I worked at my mom's office like for years when I was growing up, but I didn't really count that as work because if I didn't want to go, I, I didn't go. <laughs> um, but in, in terms of... But when I left to Spain, I that was like my background. I had no idea how to cook rice. I had no idea how to, besides chopping lettuce and tomato, I had no idea of anything. So when I got there, I was living in dorms in this seven floor building with like over 200 students mainly spanish it was like 95 percent spanish and we were like 10 or 11 so maybe like 98 spanish um international students and they all have been or like at least you know second year students third year students they all have been living there for years now and like they have been living on their own for years so like Everyone knew how to do stuff and the culture in Spain is very different than Mexico. They know how to cook or like at least and kind of understand how to. I had no idea even like, yeah, I don't even know how to like cook rice and like or anything. It was like so hard. Honestly, my diet became to whatever I remember how to do, which was like lettuce salads. <laughs> and I don't know, those like little pieces of crap on top, like those frozen crap things on Crepes. top. Yeah, is that how you call it? Okay, that stuff on top and like I will drink a lot. So my life... Oh, the croutons. No, no, no. Yeah. It's like literally crab, like the animal. Oh, crab. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the accent, guys. Language barrier. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our relationship. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I would literally mimic what would they do because I didn't know how to cook Mexican stuff and there was not a lot of Mexican things up there, like out there. There was no like good cheese or good tortillas. There was nothing and I will have cereal and salads or I will go and eat out and eat what my Spanish friends will eat. So my lifestyle became like, you know, eating out a lot, eating pretty bad food or barely eating anything and drinking a lot. Because you're a college student, you live in a dorm with other 200 students, like, what are you going to do? So that was my life for a year. Honestly, it was really fun. I wish I had done it differently. And, like, I wish I had, like, asked more questions and, like, for help. I was very proud and, like, very, like, I don't ask for help. I do this my way. 
still still are. <laughs> <laughs> I am changing. Okay, it's been ten years, uh, but. Yeah, that was my life. I remember going for a run, like getting to winter with a couple of friends because there was obviously some active college kids. But in my head, I again, if I didn't want to lose weight, why I was going to work out. But I went to for a run with some of uh, of my friends and there was a pretty cool park in Zaragoza and there was a big hill. It was cold and I've never run in the cold or I've never run probably at that point. And I was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. I can't do this. After how long? I don't know, like 10 minutes. I was like, I'm done. And they're like, no, come on, you can do this. And I was like, no, I'm done. And I walk back to the, <laughs> to the dorms. It was so embarrassing. Then I went to the park with one uh, another girl with like some app work. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this again. It's too cold for me. And yeah, that was like my life. <laughs> Trying to like work out and couldn't do it eating pretty bad and drinking a lot but it was overall it was an amazing experience i loved living in another country and for the first month i did not understand what they would say to me although it was in spanish their slang it was so different the pronunciation of the c and the z mm-hmm. are really different as well and everyone came from different parts of the country so everyone had a different slang because they're from different towns it was very very hard for the first like couple of weeks but all in all, a really cool amazing. experience. It was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. So I suppose, you know, we were talking about who you surround yourself mm. with dictates who you become. Yeah. So literally in a blink of an eye, you've moved countries, but it sounds like your mentality really shifted. Mm. You didn't care so much about the way you looked. No. You cared more about like how much fun you were having. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. And all my friends were like that in Spain. I feel like I attracted a lot of girls like that, very confident, just have fun and do your thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't attract like lesbian diet kind of people. Um, it was just about like just have fun and come study and, you know, enjoy it. Let's be really good friends and we spend a lot of time together. And That's awesome. Yeah, we were like really close and I went to their towns and met their family. And like, it was just like, we don't care how you look. We just care about you. And that was such an eye opening. It was so different from like what I was used to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I didn't care either what I was eating or like working out or not or how I was looking. I knew I gained weight. I gained like 10 kilos, which is like 25 pounds. But I care until I went back to Mexico. I didn't mm-hmm. care while I was in Spain. While I was in Spain, I was super confident. I was, I loved myself i i had a lot of fun partying and that was it like i was it was pretty different you know to to think back like my friends there i wouldn't say everyone but my friends there were like we love you for who you are and that's what it matters cool so you've you've kind of developed you said you were a shy kid yeah but you've developed this new found kind of confidence overseas um and you've taken it Mm-hmm. back home wrapped up your college degree yeah and then at what point because you you've somehow ended up you know <laughs> in boston <laughs> back in exactly we'll get there but you've somehow ended up back in the states so yeah at what point did you decide to um yeah leave mexico and come and come and visit america or live in america yeah so when, yeah you, you're born here so yeah. you had the opportunity to to come here and, and work and live here yeah so when i uh finished college i took a few months off and i went back to europe to travel and 
came back to Mexico with no job. I applied to so many jobs in the city and I had a job, a couple of jobs in the city, in Mexico City. And I had to move there. I was living in this really tiny, shitty room. And I just wanted to have like the life that everyone will tell you to have after college, like live with your friends in Mexico City and like have your corporate job and like, you know, live the life, go for dinners together. And like, that's what I really wanted. So I had these jobs and they were so bad. Well, one of them was really good, but the pay was horrible. So I couldn't even afford to like pay rent. So my parents have to help me out. And I didn't want to do that either. So I quit after like four months and like got into another job that were paying me really well, but it was crap. It was, I couldn't do it. I was just like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I went back to my city with no job. And one of my friends of friends from university, he was studying a marketing agency and I was like, I'll help you out and whatever I can. Like, I don't know. So I was kind of like, I don't know, freelancing, I guess. And my mom was like, you're not doing anything. You need to go back to America and do some paperwork that I had to do for my citizenship. And I was like, fine. So I came here for the summer. It wasn't the summer. It was around May because it was my best friend's uh, birthday. So she was like, I'll go with you to New York. I'll meet you there. And we had already two really good friends living in the city, in New York City. So we were like, okay, you, I'll do my, my, my paperwork thing. When you come, we'll stay in New York City for a week with our friends. So when she came and, you know, all these four friends drinking in New York City, living the life, it was so much fun, taking cool photos. And like all of them, like the guys were like into photography or like DJs. And like my friend is like pretty cool too. So like I was like, I want to have this life. And they were like, well, you can't. Like, why are you going to go back to Mexico? Like, you speak English. You're a citizen. You have no issues to work here. Like, you don't have to apply for anything. Why did you stay and, like, work at a bar or something? I don't know. Like, until you figure it out. And I was like, I am going to do that. Because I was so naive at the time. And I was used to being, you know, having my parents to pay for everything. I didn't know what it was like to live in New York City, how expensive it was. But I was like, I want to do that. So I stayed at my aunt's house. And I called my mom. And I was like... I'm staying. And so they were like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. Um, I was like, give it a go for a year and see what happens. So I got, I was living in closer to Jersey City, which is like not far from New York City. It's like really, really close. And I will go and apply to a lot of jobs in New York City and apply for this like sales job and got to that and started working on that um while still applying to other stuff. And yeah, that's how I stayed. <laughs> so how long? This sales job, it sounds like the same sales job that maybe <laughs> maybe I met you at. So how long did you did you work there? Not long. I think it was like six months probably when we met. And probably even less than that. I don't really remember much of that. Uh, probably less than that. But that's how Matt and I met. <laughs> we met at work and when we met we did like long distance stuff we did so it for like a, a boston while. new york months. yeah six or some months and then we decided to do another naive decision <laughs> and move in together and me moving from new york to boston and that's how i ended up here <laughs> yeah we went from zero oh to a hundred in about a blink of an eye but yeah you know it's it's panned out pretty good well for us so <laughs> i'm not gonna say don't don't try it i know um, yeah exactly but you don't know until you try it what what was our life like when we first met because you know we, we weren't the healthy 
happy oh God, humans no. uh, that we are today. Mm. And that's not that long ago. We know we're yeah, only no. talking four years ago. So yeah. what what were we doing? I think like for me it was the same as when I was in Spain. I was living on my own. I didn't have my friends or anyone on our, you know, circle that I thought they would be judging me. Like, I don't think that maybe they were. I don't know. But in my head, like, I was always being judged of how I looked in Mexico. Like, that was like our, you know, like what I thought in my, like on my head. So when I moved to New York City or like to work in New York City, I didn't have those people. So in my head, it was like, they're not here. They don't judge me. And maybe they were not. Again, it was all in my head. But it's a... It's a uh, you're thinking what uh, what you think other people think of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like that. Like that's a bad trap, huh? It's such a bad trap. So when I moved, I was like, they're not here, and I met people that were very into partying and like eating out and like don't really taking care of themselves. So I fell into that trap into like I'm on a party. I'm living in New York. Like let's live the life. So when we met, I was drinking a lot, probably like three or four nights out of the week, and like. When I'm saying drinking, it's not like one or two drinks. It's like I'm passing out drinking. And I think like that was when I developed an even worse alcohol habit. Habit, yeah. Um, and I was, you know, eating pizza every day and like Chinese or McDonald's or whatever. Like it was cheap for me at the time because I was spending my money and going out and clothing. And I was not being smart about saving money. And that was like how we met, I guess. And mm-hmm. on the circle we met, it was like over drinks and going out and... So when we met and when we moved, when I moved to Boston, that I think that started to, yeah, it started a lot, but I feel like I was already changing because when I left my job there, I remember, remember, um, messaging a friend that she was very into the gym and she has lo- lost a lot of weight and she had like a six pack. And I was like, oh, well, this should do. I want to do that. And I remember messaging her like, what are you doing? Help me out. And she will. I probably still have this on my Facebook Messenger. Um, her diet was like a cup of broccoli, a cup of um, rice, brown rice, and a piece of chicken for lunch. And for the, the bodybuilder kind of diet. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. breakfast would be oats and berries. And I've never ate oats before. So I was like, that's not like a thing in Mexico. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get this stuff. And I was doing that diet. And I, I think I lost a little weight because obviously I, I was eating different than I was eating before. But that kind of like came back into my head. So when I moved to Boston, we were still like, I remember this, like very proud that we only had beer in our fridge and we were eating $89.89 frozen pizza. And we're like, oh my God, so cheap. This is awesome. I remember the day they stopped stocking those pizzas. I was pissed. Yeah, we were almost crying. (laughs) Yeah, that was our staple. That was our staple, yes. But I remember that. Terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. That summer, I was like, I'm going to go for a run and see, you know, how long I can go. Lol. Five minutes. And I was like dead. And I was like, I feel so heavy. And like everything was like jumping around my body when I was going for a run. And I was feeling super uncomfortable with my legs. And I had never had that issue. Like they're always like really thin and slim. So I was like, this is so weird. And I remember we went for a weekend holiday somewhere. And I look at a photo and I was like, holy that's me. I can't believe that I'm looking at that. That is me. And I think that moment was like, I need to change. We need yep. to make some changes. And I was looking, you know, I was looking through my eyes at that point and I couldn't see it. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I, I honestly couldn't see what you were seeing. So, um, 
you were the catalyst for both of us. There's no mm. doubt about that. Um, and we, it happened relatively fast. Quickly, you yeah. started doing, you know, BBG and yeah. and that. Yeah. So after, you know, you've taken taken it upon yourself to to get fitter, healthier. Uh, you know, your mindset around food and exercise had mm. completely changed. I remember, you know, the, the exercise was to feel good. It yeah. wasn't just to look good. Yeah. You started to understand because mm-hmm. you were doing it very consistently. Yeah. Um, at what point did... Because I, I suppose that's one huge shift in your life. The next huge shift is the is the diet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've gone from having your your chicken, rice and broccoli every day <laughs> to a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. So, how was when did it happen? How did that affect uh, so, um, affect you in in your exercise and and that as well? Oh my god, a lot. So, when we I was already pretty fit, I guess, like by working out and like eating what I thought was healthier and and I think this happens to everyone, but like the more you look into information, the more you get scared of like everything's online. And I remember reading about the meat and all this stuff they put in it. And and for us, I think it was like that is gross. We don't want to eat hormones. So we started eating grass-fed meat and grass-fed eggs. And now I laugh at that. But at that point, we were like, we don't want to put all those hormones in our body. And honestly, we were like... I don't know, 23 years old, 24 years old with like a new corporate job that you're getting paid like not much money living in like real expensive city, which Boston is. And we couldn't afford that. Like it was just no way I was going to spend like $20 on six eggs. <laughs> like it, when in my head, I was like, I need to have eggs on every meal to like hit my protein. Right. And so we like ditched that. And then we just kept eating just fish. And at one point, I was no I was eating by by that point good because I wanted to feel good. It wasn't because I wanna look a certain way and I knew the foods that would make me feel better. And at that point you watch a documentary that kinda like got you thinking and we went plant based overnight and for me it wasn't new. I, I went vegan for the first time when I was probably eighteen, nineteen years old. But again, at that point, my head was like, I want to lose weight. And I didn't do it properly. I was just, again, eating just lettuce, tomato, cucumber. And it was such a bad diet that obviously I was not feeling well. But at this point, like I already knew what is that, what was that. So, and I thought I was very, inf- like more, or like better informed. So when you, when Matt said, we're going plant-based, I was like, yes, we are. Like I didn't think it twice. It was fine with me. I didn't have any issues ditching cheese or creams or anything like that we were very plant-based like we were not eating any processed food and i was already not even eating processed food by that point like i have already ditched everything um and i was eating pretty organic and healthy and whatever so it wasn't like a hard thing for us because we were not already eating a lot of red meat we only had like salmon in our fridge and that was it so it wasn't like hard I think the first year was like pretty easy for us, but I I definitely noticed the differences in energy and and just like mood swings were starting like going away and my period was more normal, I guess, it was more in time every every month. It wasn't as heavy. 
And I said this in a blog post I wrote a while ago, like the first a year. Um, and I wish, like I said in my blog post, and I'll say it again, like I wish my transformation was more dramatic in the outside because then people see that and they want to do what you do. But at the point that I went plant-based, I was already very fit and thin. So everything was more like in the inside and I felt the difference more and I still feel great. So you, again, it gets back to the yeah how the I feeling felt versus looking. Yeah, exactly. So you started to feel yeah lighter. Yeah, lighter, you started energized, to notice. sleep better, um, less crankiness. <laughs> yeah, I can I can vouch for that. <laughs> I can definitely vouch for the for the mood swings. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Oh my god, yeah. Um, and that may have had to had something to do with with your period. Yes. Um you got off the birth control as well. Yes, and yeah. that was another one that affected your moods. Yeah, a Oh my God, yes. It's got nothing to do with veganism, but I think it's still a topic that uh, it's oh, getting spoken about a lot more now amongst yeah. women. So yeah. if you are interested, I would follow Anna uh, mm-hmm. at Anna Goes Fit on Instagram. One N. One N, <laughs> one N. So I pronounce it. So this is another thing. <laughs> I'm the only one that gets away with this, but being an Aussie, it's it's definitely Anna at home and I'm being a very uncultured, <laughs> stubborn human, but it's it's Anna. It's one N. Uh, so Anna Goes Fit and AnnaGoesFit.com. Yeah. Um, so if you if you want to look more into it or start a discussion with, with her, reach out to her. She'd be more than happy to... Yeah help around those female topics because yes. I think they're important. Yeah, very important and it can be done naturally. So we don't need any hormones in our, extra hormones in our body or weird stuff in it. Yeah, 100%. So that's a, that was a big change and where I think we're less on top of it from a whole food plant-based diet oh point of view so at, you, we're trying. You, know, you said we were we were really good weren't we we, we were so good no no added oils no added salts yeah whole food plant-based and then we made and that is the way to go guys that <laughs> yeah 100%. that is a hundred percent the way to go if you are suffering from you know type 2 diabetes definitely consult your doctor and do it in conjunction mm. with a doctor um, if you are overweight, you know, looking to lose weight, um, whole food, plant-based diet, there's lots of information out there. I think I explained a couple of those things in my first intro episode, if you want to go back, but we were doing it really well from a health standpoint. Yeah. But then it also is like, how can you make this lifestyle sustainable and practical? And for me, that's a big thing now. Because I want to leave an example and show people that you can still be fit and healthy and still have a good life. Like, we don't I'm eat not- processed food, like, every day and every meal. And maybe for some people that are transitioning into veganism, having those meats, you know, quote-unquote meats or, like, Beyond your meat, burger, yeah. whatever, all that stuff helps them to transition, then... Yep. Go for it. For sure. However, we don't eat that stuff every day. And we actually shy away from it a lot. But we do have nights where, like, we are going to go and have a feast at, like, Veggie Galaxy, which is, like, a a restaurant here in Boston. That, Cambridge, but... Well, in Cambridge and everything. We'll get it's technical. Like, it's, yeah. it's really good, but it's not healthy food. I mean, it's healthier probably than, like, the meat. Oh, well, it's healthier, you know. But yeah. it's full of oils and salt and it's delicious, 
but we don't have that every day like we or uh, and we try to focus on eating the healthier weekend and then have those days when we go and eat it and we don't feel bad about it because that's how you you know we hate the word balance but that's how you have like a more sustainable lifestyle um where you can go and enjoy and don't feel bad about it and like that's how being able to keep this lifestyle for so long and keep a really good figure and feel good with myself and like just keep continuing going to the gym and consistency and like it just it it doesn't feel like a diet it just feels like it's a lifestyle for us for sure so for you, me. as it's as it's gone you know on it's been two and a half years now since we made this switch do you think the the mentality has shifted less towards a self-serving health standpoint mm. and more towards I just do not want to eat an animal. Yeah, 100%. I feel when we went plant-based the first time, it was definitely we just want to be healthier and this is a better option for our future selves and for our life. However, in the past two and a half years, we have come through a lot of information and a lot of research that it just opens your eyes. And I get this question, you know, like a few times and I... I think people assume that because we choose not to eat animal products, we don't like the taste. And look, I'm Mexican. I like cheese. <laughs> I am going to put it out there. I like the taste. I don't like what it comes from and I don't like what is in it. And that's why I choose not to have it. I know it's not healthy for my body. I know the way they do it is not good for the animals either. And it's definitely not good for our environment. So it has definitely shifted in from a selfish point that I don't want to eat that way because or I want to eat this way because it's good for me too I choose not to eat animal products because I know there's a lot of you know I'm making a good impact in the world and thankfully we live in a time where there's a lot of plant-based options and it can be as healthy as and unhealthy as you want it and it can be as tasty as you want it and as much cooking as you want to do or as little cooking as you want to do, there's so many options now that we, we're lucky to live in this time. But yeah, it has definitely shifted in. It's not just for me. It's for everything. So another thing I noticed there that you you just said quite clearly in your language was, and this is something that I think a lot of people get mixed up with. It's the fact that you clearly said, I choose not to. Yeah. So I think a lot of people will sit down at a dinner or, you know, will be with work colleagues or friends, whatever it might be. Oh, you can't have that. Can I you? I can have it. It's like, it. no, I can. <laughs> I, I can physically choose the steak. I, I can. Yeah. I'm choosing not to because I know where it comes from. I know what animals go through mm. in in order for this to end up in front of me on my plate and i know the byproduct of the process in terms of pollution yeah and our bodies and um, the destruction of the environment and the destruction of our body so it's yeah for anyone out there that is dabbling or wanting to get into more whole food plant-based or vegan, whatever you want to call it, that line of, that language is actually really, we've, it's quite powerful now, mm. isn't it? You can really say, no, no, I'm mm. choosing not to. You don't have to feel bad at the dinner table and say, yeah, you, you know, I can't have this, I can't have that. 
I do. Th- I like that language you were using. Yeah. It's um, I choose not to because of these reasons. Yeah. And I think it's like with anything else, like I choose to buy things from local stores and I choose to support female owners and I choose to buy from ethically made clothing or I choose to do thrift shopping instead like I choose to hang out with these certain people instead of certain people like I choose to not go to parties like I also choose to eat this way and I choose to hang out with his friends and I choose to be with Matt I we have a choice and no one is forcing me to do anything I think if you are over 18 years old you're probably a adult I think from from your own and you can make your own decisions and if you have the money and the time and whatever you have, you have the choice to do whatever you want. Like I choose to get up early in the morning to do something for myself. I choose to take care of my body. I choose to make an impact in the world in my own way. I don't have to walk with a sign I'm vegan everywhere, but my actions say more than, you know, what I say. So So back to what you were saying before, you are a leader. You like to lead by example in, and you use your actions uh, to show people that. Um, and another thing I just got from that is how powerful are our own choices? So much. <laughs> so much more than we think. A lot of people I hear, oh, you're just one person. You're not going to make a difference. It, well, imagine yeah. if you had told Martin Luther King that. Oh, my God, you know? yeah. Or not Ima- even those, that. Those types of people. One yeah. person starts a movement and you know, together, that's when we start to make change and it's all down to what we, what we choose. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I I just think like everyone can make a difference and everyone makes a difference on their own friend circle and their own community. Like you don't have to be, you know, an influencer or a blogger. You don't have to be a YouTuber. You don't have to be famous to make an impact, you are making an impact with the people you live with and the people that you hang out with. And you can test it. Like if you go and choose to have wine instead of beer, you're going to get asked, like, why are you getting that instead of what you normally get? And Anything against the grain is going <laughs> to raise questions, right? right exactly. And like, I, I feel like people think that they need to do all these amazing things or like this crazy things are very, uh, I don't know, like, march and animal rights things or make a blog or like you don't have to do any of that you can just do you and people will notice and you don't have to be like again famous or anything you can just do you and people will notice you because they care about what you do know what someone else is doing like i feel like we follow famous people because we are um noisy <laughs> like nosy. We want, yeah. yeah we want to see what they do but i don't really care what they're doing i just i'm boring i want to see what someone else is doing but you can make so much bigger impact than you think and just by being you and like making your own choices and you don't have to be vegan 100%. You don't have to eat plant-based 100%. But if you choose one meal at a restaurant that is veggie, people are going to notice and you are going to notice yourself that you feel better. So definitely the thing that you have to have this, you know, 100,000 followers on Instagram to make a, an impact that's not relevant is your actions that matter starting starting is the key yeah cool so that was yeah that was a nice little insight into into the the switches you've made you've there's also been some some really tough stuff that you know we've gone through in the last 
three years. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned earlier on that you're a twin. Yeah. <laughs> twin brother, Ugo. Yes. Um, so you guys were brought into this world together. You spent a lot of time together. Um, but do you just want to take a moment to go through some of Ugo's story? Yeah. So, sure. Um, as I said, Ugo was was my twin and I say was because over three years ago now, he, well, just to back it up a little more, he, well, we grew up, you know, doing sports and stuff, but my family is big into soccer, like in Mexico or football, how we call it in Mexico. And I think my dad would always wanted my brother to be like that. And my brother was the black ship and he never liked it. We just have very bad memories of like going to games when we were younger and like all the men were like drunk and he was just like i think at least i had really bad memories of like a small town club and we didn't like it and my brother definitely didn't like it he didn't want to be pushed i think we were the same like we hated when someone would tell us what to do and i pushed it to do something that we didn't want to do so he just he just didn't like it so when we went to high school he joined the american football team which is it's still pretty new in Mexico, but it gained a lot of popularity in the past, like, 10 years. So he became part of the team, and, you know, he started getting really good at it, and he started really liking it. So he kept playing until university, and he changed a lot of majors in college. So he, I was already out of university once he still was in university, although we were, like, twins. He just um, wanted to play football. He just wanted to play football, yeah. So one of his uh, games... American football. Yeah, American football. So one of his games... Um, over three years ago, um, I was already living in Boston, and I remember this vividly. We were at uh, the tennis in New York City, and I received a call from my mom. We were, I think, watching Nadal, which was, like, hilarious. No, Federer. Thing. Oh, Federer. Oh, there you go. I remember. I remember. Yeah, we were watching Federer, and I got a call from my mom saying, your brother had an accident. He, he looks pretty bad um, playing American football. And I was like, I, didn't, I don't need to know what to say. And I remember, like, feeling weird that day. I don't know. And, um, yeah, so in that call, my mom said, she called me back and she said, he's pretty bad. Um, we don't think he's going to walk again. Um, and what happened is that he got, um, on a tackle in one of the plays, they tackled him so hard that he, his back smashed against the floor and he broke the C5 and C6 of his, um, vertebrae. vertebrae. And if, if you don't know, like those are the ones that are. Um, making sure that you can move your body so like you can move your legs and arms um so at that moment i was devastated like i don't know it was just such a bad thing and after that my brother was not able to move anything um so he became paraplegic and he was technically quadriplegic technically quadriplegic but he had some movement in his his fingers fingers and and hands um hands and arms and everyone Mm -hmm. didn't understand how he had that but he had it i mean luckily and it was a very tough time he was in mexico for a while he was there for like he had to have so many surgeries for his back and just to hopefully get some movement back and after a few months we because he's obviously also an american citizen my family and he decided to moved to America and lived in New Jersey so he could be close to our family. And he was close to a really good hospital where um, there was a really good program for him. So we decided to move him to New Jersey and he was living with my uncle, 
which was amazing thing for my uncle to do and be away from everyone and you know like being here this is really hard but after a couple of years of that um we were in australia and it was our last day yeah i remember yes and that night i was so grumpy and i didn't understand why i'll take a moment here But I went to bed really pissed. We had a really cool apartment in, in, Brisbane. in Brisbane, viewing all the city. It was such a cool apartment that we stayed in. And I went to bed. I remember seeing my WhatsApp. And I had so many messages from my mom. But I am the kind of person that I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to anyone right now. I'm like pretty upset with mad. I just put my phone away. And I went to bed. The next morning, I wake up. And I look at my phone. And I had like 100 missed calls. I had like... I don't know, 100 messages, and I just knew it. Um, I called my mom, and they told me that my brother um, had a heart attack, and he made it the first time, and he had another one, and he has only passed away. Yeah. It's been a year and a half now, almost two years in October, and it has been hard. (laughs) Yeah. So, for everyone at home, um, you know, if there's any twins listening in, you know, I'm sure that you will have a much deeper understanding. Um, and if you've lost, you know, a sibling, a close friend, you'll, you'll be able to understand. Um, but Anna, we're lucky today, guys. Anna definitely doesn't share this full story uh, and I'm very thankful that she was able to do it today Um, but yeah Ugo was an amazing guy Um, he was just he was always so happy like through his injury through his surgeries yeah um, we'd be in hospital with him and making he's always cracking (laughs) jokes and playing around with a wheelchair and like yeah we had we oh actually <laughs> we we did have a lot of fun with 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 him when he was um going through recovery but we we miss him a lot and um yeah we definitely wish he was still here with us because we you know we definitely had taught we had talked about plans of travel and oh my God, yeah. um, moving here and moving to boston or you know, being closer to each other. Um, so, yeah, I'll never forget that time. But it was very hard. But yeah. You have managed to, con- you know, you've managed to continue. And I think from the outside looking in, um, I think your community are so amazed at how strong you are mm-hmm. um, and how, str- sorry, how strong you've been to continue you know, doing your work, you know, somewhat in the public eye, you are, your work is on social media, sorry, social media channels. Um, so, yeah, is there anything that you'd like to share in terms of how you've gone about your life since Ugo passed away? I think since like Ugo accident happened, it was a very hard lesson that I didn't, I guess, learn before. And I think life teaches you 
really hard lesson sometimes and like and i do believe that gives you what you can handle even though you don't want it um but i think th since his accident and definitely since he he passed away um uh, i just do things my way <laughs> i've learned that you can be gone in like the next 10 minutes and just do what you want to do like i mean i love blogging and there's definitely times where I question why I do it and like if it's good or not, if I'm good enough or not. And then I'm like, would I rather be sitting down in an office at doing something I don't like? No. <laughs> Is it worth it? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. But if um, if anything had happened to me today and then I didn't do, do it my way, I'll be pretty pissed. Again, I don't like when people tell me what to do. <laughs> so I like doing things my way. And I think I always like it. I like I did that, but I never fully understand what it meant. Sorry. And um, I mean, I have learned since Hugo's dad that we don't have a lot of time here. And we enjoy what we have. And people like me, we had like, that's a terrible thing. But we had like a million things on top of that that is just like, I laugh at it and I'm like, oh my god, what else? <laughs> Throw me something at me, come on. And I just like take things a little bit more light, I guess, because I always took everything so seriously and just enjoy it and do things how I wanted to do it and, and just, yeah, enjoy life and everything's worth it. I'm not saying go and quit your job tomorrow and like be smart about it, but if you want to change something, do it. Like, I always tell Matt, like, if you want to do something, start doing it. Like, why this, like this, this, this <laughs> podcast <laughs> this podcast exists basically because you know anna's been very supportive in saying like if you don't like what you if you don't love what you're doing now then you know take a step in the right direction take a step yeah. to make something happen and and start chipping away at it yeah start working on it I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but at least you're never doing will. it. It's never going to be the perfect time. No, um, ever. It's never going to be a perfect practice. But um, taking that first step is mm. going to, you know, at least start leading you in the right direction and you can start to hone in on those skills and develop them and, and make, them, um, make them better and, and, and make your passion into, into something that you can you can do on a, a full-time basis or a more full-time basis. So if that's what you want. <laughs> if that's what you want. If you enjoy your job, then that is awesome. You know, yeah. that is that is amazing and it's not, it's uh, not always yeah. about quitting your job. And it's not always about your job. Like if you want to change the way you eat or the way or the people you hang out with, like it can be as easy as... I cannot hang out today. I'm busy and I choose and do my thing because I like myself and my friends and my families, but especially myself, Matt and my and our family comes first. So if that's not happening, then I'm taking things away from other things because that's my priority and that's what I choose to do. And I, I, I want to do that more instead of, well, you know, I have to be in this body because it's part of, my job thing and well if i don't want to go i don't go like i am here to do what i want to do and obviously in a nice kind way but i think i've definitely learned that i want to do it my way because other way it just doesn't work for me and if i leave tomorrow this world 
what I have left, nothing. So I just do my thing. <laughs> so I suppose one more thing you, you mentioned, um, you know, life has taught you that, you know, the hardships don't necessarily stop. Yeah. Um, so not long after Ugo passed away, uh, I think it was, it was month two after. months. <laughs> Probably less. Um, two months. I remember my brother was on his last day yeah. in, in the US. Um, he, w- he was traveling, traveling here or, or last day in Boston. I can't remember, but it was the last day we were going to see him. Uh, and you were on your way to work. Scariest moment of my life without a shadow of a doubt. Fear just shot through me. Um, and I, yeah, I was in, in disbelief. Um, but do you want to take it from here? Yeah. So I was working at a gym at the time. I had like a million side jobs while building my blog and I was working, um, working at a gym, walking to the gym at like five in the morning cause I had to open it with someone else at like six, something like that. And I was walking through the park, which is like where the train station is. And I remember hearing someone walking behind me and in my head, I was like, don't freak out. You are fine. It's just someone else going to the train because at that time, there's so many people going to the train station. So I was like, you're someone else. And the next thing I remember is hearing someone closer to me and I started to look back and I the next and then I vanished. I don't remember anything until I had like flashes of calling Matt saying someone hit me, someone hit me. And then the next thing I remember is being on an ambulance and yeah, someone had um, hit me in the head and left me there. <laughs> I they didn't steal anything from me or anything, but just the thought of like being so vulnerable and like walking by myself in the street completely changed it. And especially after my brother's death, it was just like, honestly, if what else is going to happen to me, this is just a joke. But it was very scary. Thankfully, I was fine. I didn't have anything happen to me. Like, I mean, I mean, I was bleeding and I had like a big bruise in my head and like my leap was horrible. Like it was, you know, a hundred times my size. I have very thin lips. It was like crazy. I couldn't even speak. And, you know, my head, my face was a little bruised. But like other than that, I was fine. Like, thankfully, nothing happened. They have never found the guy. It was pretty dark that morning for them to like see through the cameras but I still live with that. And it's like part of like the things that drive me every day. And like, and the reason I get up early is because it's sunny outside and I can walk, thankfully, you know, alone and I'm fine. And, but I still definitely live with some of that trauma. They're like, I can't walk by myself at night. And it's something that I have to live with and kind of like work through it every day. But it definitely drives me to like, well, again, if I didn't do what I wanted to do and like, what if someone hits me again today that I'm and I'm gone this time and I'm not as lucky? Well, at least I was doing something that I liked. But yeah, that moment was pretty scary. We left in Mexico like two days after to be with my parents. And and there's like, yeah, it's, there's always something happening. Like, it's never going to be a good time. It's never going to be easy. It's never going to be like you're happy all the time. And if you are and if you have like those moments that you feel like you're on top of the world definitely enjoy it i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not a pessimist and be like there's always something bad happening but life is like that like you don't know what's gonna come your way like i had a pretty easy childhood and i had a pretty easy you know university i've been very lucky and then you get this stuff and it's just like you go through that you move on 
like you do as much as you can every day and like you try to enjoy as much as you can and and if today wasn't the day that you wanted well hopefully you have a tomorrow and you can start over again like there's i don't know like don't have hard feelings for people like try to work through your like with yourself and like in your mind try to be a little better every day be kind to people you don't know what like they're going through ever um and that's like kind of like my two cents i guess <laughs> i think it's a really valuable two cents that you've given us today i think it's possibly time for us to land this plane and, and start to to wrap this conversation up but we'll definitely be bringing Anna on to the pod I think more often she's got valuable insights and you know we can cover a range of topics together just on just based on our experiences I don't think we're going to claim to be experts Experts. in the field but you know it's it's fun to to go through um, those together sometimes and and share them Um, but I think it'll be fun to do one together. Like if people submit questions, we can just answer those questions. I love Q&As. <laughs> there you go, guys. If if you've got any questions, get them through to me and we can uh, we can kind of get them all together and, and run through a few in a future episode. But yeah, today I'm sure that there are many, many things that you can take away from Anna's story and Anna's, Anna's journey and start integrating them into your everyday life. And I really thank you for being so vulnerable today and and sharing things that have been really, really emotionally, mentally tough uh, in the last three years. And I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation today. Um, Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much, baby. (laughs) thank you you very much thank you everyone for listening and thanks man all right guys i hope you have a really good day um and if there's anything we can take out of this is do your own thing and be kind to each other thanks guys to everyone that tuned in today thank you so much i really do appreciate the support and the time you've given up to take a listen If you think this episode needs to be heard by someone you know, I'd be really stoked if you could share it with a few people. You can follow me on Instagram at VegTalk, where I'll be keeping you updated with upcoming episodes, book recommendations, and delicious plant-based recipes. If you are on the gram, which you probably are in this day and age, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the latest episode, or tell me who you would like to see up next on the podcast. Finally, if you do have a couple of spare minutes, uh, please leave an iTunes review. That's really going to help the podcast to reach more humans around the world. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.